Awaken Sober Podcast, a podcast about recovery, life, and Christ. My, my name is Derek. To my left, we have Pastor Shane. Hey, Derek. What's up, everybody? Across from me, we have Jimmy James. What up? And, like I said, the man that needs no introduction, Pastor Jeremy. What's going on? What's up? A.K.A. the swanky one. <laughs> the swanky one. It is my name. I, I see a shirt coming in the future. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. Most For all you shirt creators out there who are listening to this podcast, pay the attention. The swanky one. Hey, we'll, we'll tell you how to spell it. <laughs> yeah. S-C-H wank. V-1. All right. Let's get back on the topic here today, guys. Because today we're going to be discussing relationships and recovery. And, uh, and uh, so we got a few questions here. I'm going to ask the table to get everybody's thoughts upon this. And that. Let me see it. Let me see your new toy. Oh. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. It's it's kind of sexy. The okay. Is that what that is? It's yeah. The oh, yeah. yeah. Where's nice. mine? I didn't buy that. I know. Birthday present. I asked for one. They're like, yeah, we got scraps all over the place. Oh, yeah. Tell me about it. Okay. And I still haven't got one. Can we get one. back to the <laughs> subject at hand? So when I get mine, then we'll talk about who they are. Yes. Without a doubt. You know what? Maybe we need to reach out to them. <gasps> Actually, yeah. I thought somebody brought it up last time. No, you can't mention them yet. <sighs> what? They're, they're not they don't sponsor us, us yet. Yeah. So yeah. We're going to bleep that out. Yeah. Why, why do we have to go? Bleep it you know, speaking of sponsors, I think a lot of the groups from Facebook, we should get to sponsor us. I mean, that'll work. Um, I've been thinking through some of the ones that I want to reach out to. I think JRW would be a good one. Well, I just, here, I want. X, XYZ. There's a couple of shirt companies I want. Right. Yeah. Yes. So, At least one or two. Yeah. I figured I'd reach out to them pretty soon and uh, say, hey, we'll take some shirts, awake and sober, and then you can put whatever you want on it with it. It'd nice. be good. Well, within reason. Oh, I'm good with whatever they put on it. I'll rock it. I think instead of the American flag on the sleeve, we should have the Christian flag on the sleeve. As long that's, as that's it's what we do here, not vulgar. What no? But then they don't we're, give up. They don't. We're make still in America. We are. Still yeah, America. but I mean, they can put it on the other sleeve. Yeah. Yeah. So what are we talking about today? Relationships and recovery. Yes. So I'm going to ask a few questions and give everybody's thoughts about these things. So we're going to talk about 13-stepping it? Just like that's that's what we do. We 13-step it all. That's why, how we all met our, our wives, right? Why is it good not to 13-step? Oh. That's what we're going to be talking about. We're going on that side. Yeah. Gotcha. Try to keep things on a positive note. but Right. I mean, the two things that I've seen ruin people's recovery more than anything, relationships and money. Not usually the way it's said to them, but relationships and money. Uh, ruin or should I say cause people to relapse more than anything else I've seen um, so today we figured it'd be good to talk about relationships and not just dating marriage but every relationship in our in our lives so um, one thing that you always hear when we get in recovery is you need to wait a year um, there's a friend that was at celebrate recovery with us and she actually used to tell people you need to wait five years five years five years five wow. years that's a long time. It is a long time, but but I can tell you, your brain heals so much that over those five years, you start looking at just Facebook things, and you're like, wait a minute, I was three years into my recovery, and I wrote that on Facebook for people to see, 
and you see why she says five years. Right. Um, we know it's unrealistic. Heck, we know it's probably unrealistic for somebody to wait two months. Um, but yeah, there's people that I know it's unrealistic for them to wait 24 hours. <laughs> it's unrealistic for them to get out of treatment. Yes. <laughs> the rehab romance. Yes. 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 And you know they always work out well. <laughs> they always work oh, out. Of course they don't. Oh sure, they last forever. That they do. So Derek, what's a what's our first question? Why is it good to wait? As everybody talks about waiting. Why is it good to wait? Come on, so, don't look at me. Outside <laughs> of recovery, let's let's just start there. Outside of recovery, since this is we're also talking about Christ. When I got divorced. I didn't even think about hooking up or doing anything with, with another person, woman, whatever, dog, sheep. I didn't do any of that either. But It's a new animal. It's Yeah. But so for years I had heard, you know, you always got to take time for yourself, right? And a year is, year is a good yeah. check of time. So I intentionally did that. And then when I got past that point... And I looked around at my what was available. I was like, yeah, what the heck with that. But then, you know, once you get to that point, I found, and I found this in many other people, the relationship will find you. Yes. You know, and, and what I've learned through that, and, and I've heard a couple of people, different people say this, that you have to be the person that you want to marry. You know, your your mental state, your uh, your faith, the things that you do, you have you have to be the person that you want to be. You are not going to find that in anyone else. Agreed. Okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. So why else is it good to wait? Why is it good to wait to date? Well, let's just start with dating. Mm. Because, I mean, if you're already married, you got to come out and you got to be married. And we'll talk through that as well. But why is it good to wait to date when we get out or when we first get into recovery? Well, with me and my wife, before we, you know, we got married, we, I mean, we lived in the same house and everything, but we slept in separate rooms and we were not dating. We were, you know, we communicated as friends, but we decided not to date. She had her issues that she had to work on and I had mine. And as long as I was working on myself and she was working on her, the time came where we felt it was good for us to actually get back into dating and go and work together as a couple. Hmm. But how many people are going to do that? Probably not none. Probably not none. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a special case. Like the Olympics. <laughs> he's, he's special. He caught a case. So I guess he could oh. be a special case. And that's when he got the penicillin? But not I mean, that case. Let's, okay. <laughs> let's think through it. I mean, your first year of recovery, you have to still be selfish. We were selfish for many a years in our active addiction, but we're trying to learn how to live a whole different life when we first get in recovery. And we have way too much stuff to work on. I can't work on me in a relationship. No. Heck, I can barely work on me half the time. Most people that I come in contact with think that they can. Or they think that I don't want to be lonely, or yeah, I don't know. There's there's a guy that I've been talking to. He's in and out of CR, and he just can't seem to 
not have a relationship. It's like, what are you doing? And and then he's like, well, I'm telling my ex this and that. I'm like, dude, why are you, this person, you, you, that's the last person you want to tell anything about your social life. Mm-hmm. An ex. Real talk. Yes, an ex, yeah. But I mean, there's so much, most likely trauma that's happened through our lives that we got to work through. Um, we have a lot of issues that we need to resolve before we're going to be good for anybody, let alone ourselves. Right. And so, that's to me, I, waiting is great. I like the five-year thing, though. Especially if you hit them with five years. If they wait a year, I mean, you've at least won somewhat of a battle. Won, yes. <laughs> because we know it's First unrealistic. I mean, <laughs> it, it's unrealistic for them to wait for anything. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, if they will wait. So there was a, a friend of ours that we've been working with for a while. Um, he's been in and out of treatment. He was doing really, really well and then got messed up in a relationship recently. She broke it off. Next thing you know, he ends up using, he's in the hospital, he's in the ICU for a little while. Um, Just was not doing very well, obviously. Now he's back in treatment. Um, Most likely he'll get out and do this cycle all over again. This, This is the cycle. Get out, do good for 60, 90, 120 days. Get into a relationship. Relationship ends, sobriety ends. Mm-hmm. Let's start this again. And we see it so often yeah. that I like what you said a little, uh, a little while ago that the relationship will find you. So when we were in Celebrate Recovery and I came back from California, mm-hmm. I swore off, I'm like, I'm not dating. I'm definitely never getting married. I get to do ministry whenever I want. If I want to go on a mission trip, I just pack up and go. I don't. I don't need a wife to go with me. I don't have any animals. And I don't have any wives. You know, I don't have any wives. I don't have a wife, let alone Are any you of them. Now? Um, so I, I didn't want to have anything that would tie me down. Right. And I, I got really comfortable with me. Really happy with being alone. Really happy with being with having Jesus and my recovery and just being able to do whatever I wanted. And then, what happened? Then she happened. It, yes. But that was, I mean, we we met in 2000. We started dating in 2014. So I was two years into my recovery when that finally happened. Two years and a month. Uh-huh. But what happened before you started dating her? What do you mean? What happened before? I'm just asking a question. What happened before? Were you seeing anyone else? Oh, before her, before I took off to California? Yeah. Yeah. And that was, that was a wreck, man. It was Wait, fun to... It was, hopefully they don't listen to this, but it, it was fun to take off to California and just run from from that. Okay. You know what I mean? It was beautiful. I, I, I'm picking down what you're, I'm picking up what you're laying yeah. down. Yeah, okay. It had been better just to end it, but yeah, I took off and ran to California and, yeah. and loved life. But yeah, when I came back, me and Christina were able to date, we were able to put boundaries in place for dating. Uh, we talked about in our our testimony that we just drove out and did in, in uh, Olathe, hands to hands, lips to lips were the boundaries. I wasn't allowed over at our house uh, without another adult being there. So I had never dated with boundaries before. No sex, you weren't allowed to test drive a car, didn't matter how comfortable the seats were, you were getting married or you weren't doing anything. And let's be clear, you were a grown ass man. I was 40 years old. Yes. Oh, yeah. yes. Yeah. <laughs> just want everybody to know that. It wasn't like you were 18 years old. Okay. Yeah. No, no. This this is recent. Um, yeah, well, actually, I guess I was 41 when this happened. We had, we had to go in front of our leadership team and say, hey, we want to date. What do you guys say? 
Will you hold us accountable? This is what that accountability looks like. Because we're both in leadership. I had just taken over as ministry leader, and she was a, an e-coach back then, I think. So if you have two leaders that are dating and that falls apart, most likely both leave. Right. So now you've lost two leaders from the church, two leaders from the Celebrate Recovery, all over dating. And so we made sure that we had the boundaries put in place. So it was pretty nice having people holding you accountable at 41 years old to date properly. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> but yeah, I love the, it'll come to you. So it, it definitely does come to you. Like, I think a lot of times with guys in recovery and they've been out for a little while, they do the whole peacock thing. Strongly, I've been, I'm in recovery, I haven't used, and I had a lady tell me who actually works a recovery program with females, told me that, the, that these girls, with the thing that they find the most attractive is a man in recovery because it gives them it gives them hope that you know they hook up with this guy that they're going to be sober together mm. all this kind of stuff or more than likely I think it's with their codependency they're going to help the guy out but <laughs> 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 but I mean this was a lady like I said a lady that worked in recovery and shared that with me at one time and I was just like you know what that makes a lot of sense sure you know they feel safer maybe <clears throat> they're still bad boys but they're trying to be better yeah, that, and I think it more on the lines of they are afraid to do it alone, so they find a guy that's already moving forward in that, mm -hmm. that they could get together and recover together. It's safer. And, yeah, we know that doesn't work that way. No. So what other kind of relationships do we got to worry about in recovery that can really... Family that gets high? Do they have to get high? That's, no, I guess they, not. But they, mine, but that like, would be the worst one. That, I'm just speaking from my own experience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah, you, know. you got to worry about your if you're checking up with your parents, or if you've got kids in the, you know what. I know a guy who's uh, living in a house with his brother. His brother, tokes twenty four seven basically, and. It's like what, he can't kick his brother out because they both co-own the house. And he can't leave because he's not financially stable enough. So what do you do? What do you do on that? Leave. Leave. Just leave. Yes. Yeah, Just up and leave. I, I would, I'd sleep in my car before I slept in the house. Mm. That's just me, though. My, my recovery is too important. So I came back from California. The owners of the house were smoking having the weed man deliver it. I said, I got to go. Because That was before Uber. That was before Uber and DoorDash Eats. DoorDash and all that? So Uber no Uber weed. smokes. Instead of Uber Eats. <laughs> Uber <laughs> wheel. Oh, jeez. That's going to be the next one, isn't it? So, yeah, you just got to leave. But I, I love talking about family. I know we're not really around a holiday. Um, and this is usually a holiday talk. Yeah. Um, because we have to prepare for different things. But we have to be prepared for our family no matter what when we get home. Well, we have Memorial Day coming up this month, and yeah, that's usually say, a party day. Summer holidays are coming up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, and we do. I, I'm thinking we're all families, not just friends. And, and we're, we'll talk family, friends, all of it, because it's all important. Right. And having boundaries in our recovery. I know a lot of people are afraid to, to not show up at families or to leave a family member because it is my family, right? Right. But is it okay to tell your family, no, I'm not coming if you are doing this? Yes. Yes. I don't even get invited to uh, family reunions no more during the summer because of my choices of not to be there, what they use. Hmm. Yeah. 
Like, they don't even take the time out to invite me because it's more likely I'm going to tell them no. Some of y'all have been to around my family and know how my family are. It's not just not just the immediate family, but the, the extended version family, of the family yeah. <laughs> and how they do. I cannot be around that for five, six hours, you know, out in the hot sun trying to eat. It's not happening. So, yeah, they just quit inviting me. Is it okay to tell your family no? Yes. No, I'm not coming. Yes. <laughs> he speaks. He's, he's pretty talkative. He's, he's really talkative. I'm, I'm not you. talking today. Did you I'm have super a... conscious of what I'm going to say now. Are you? Why is that? Why? I, it won't be any wiser. Yeah. <laughs> so just go ahead and speak. You be a little swanky. You do this for a living, brother. You, you prepare people for a living. I didn't realize. I never talked into a microphone before, and uh -huh. I did not realize how much I say right. Left. No, right. No, he says right. left. Center. Right? Yeah. Left. You understand what I'm saying, right? Like I left. So she was going this is way. Is it right? army? And I was like, no, no you can't do this. You know, right? <laughs> so, I just, so I just need to be conscious. And that camera's. We just lost right. a bunch of. Uh, it's right on top of you. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> we, we lost three, three of our. Let's keep moving back on. All I'm saying is the camera's not working anymore. So. Oh, it's oh, working. It's not, why is it not it's working? Not, it's not red. It's not the red light's not on. Oh, it doesn't matter. Son of God. He only oh, says that because it was on him. Oh, boy. I'm going to check it, though. Should we take a little break? You can't. Yeah. Let's, let's can't discuss. Work on it? Take the time out real Unless quick. Unless you speak. Take, um, yeah, time, take a know. quick break and talk about Reclaiming Hope. Let's talk about Reclaiming Hope. What is Reclaiming Hope, Derek? Reclaiming Hope is we're going taking, taking it back to the old school, doing that house church again. Ooh. You know, we're coming together. We're leading others to Christ, no matter who they are. Just because you, you do drugs on a regular basis, I mean, we're not going to stop loving you and not bring you to Christ. Just because you decide to get drunk on a regular basis, does not mean we're going to stop loving you and not bring you to Christ. Just because you're clean codependent and you try to take care of every dope head in the neighborhood, does not mean we're going to stop loving you and not bring you to Christ. That's what we're working towards in Reclaiming Hope. Bringing all individuals to Christ, no matter what it is. And we're still working on a building, so we don't have an address. No. It sounds like the church is the people. Is that correct? Yeah. What? Did you believe that's how that stuff works? Oh, my God. I'm telling you. <laughs> I learned about that in grade school, but I've never seen it before. <laughs> <laughs> right. 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 That's right. This is, we're taking it back to the old school. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why that camera shut off. Oh, maybe one day we'll have church in James's house, and then we'll, next day we'll move to another house like they did back in the Book of Acts. The nice yeah. thing about Reclaiming Hope is it's something for the entire family. Um, I mean, and so since we're talking about relationships, and, and we'll get into it later, when somebody goes into treatment, they forget about the people that stay home. Mm. And look, there's been a lot of damage. They have a role in it, too. They don't want to ever hear that. Um, but they have a role in the things that have happened. Oh, yeah. And they also have a role in getting help. And so we will have services for them as well as the person that's getting help. Uh, it, it's vitally important that they get help because if not, it's still a broken relationship when whoever makes it home makes it home. Mm -hmm. They don't know how to have healthy conflict. They don't know how to have healthy conversations. Um, they don't know how to communicate with each other yet. They don't know how to uh, not be codependent. Right. And so Enable. we will have CODA meetings, Al-Anon meetings, nar you name it every kind of meeting, counseling, couples counseling, um, all the services will be there for them, for the entire family, stuff for kids. Uh, we'll have a landing program going on. Their curriculum is, is good. 
And so it's, it's a way that they could get together with other like-minded kids that are going through the same things and share. Oh, yeah. And a few anger management classes. Who needs that? <laughs> so. <laughs> why are you looking at him? <laughs> yeah, why are you I've looking see, at him? I've seen you at work. That's <laughs> <laughs> I'm just passionate, that's all. Yeah. Oh, that's, okay. that's the best thing anyone's ever said to me. Like, wow, you really let them have it. I'm like, dude, you ain't seen nothing. I was holding <laughs> back. That was 20%. Right. Yeah, let's leave the lion locked in the cage. That's yeah, indeed. Do. Yes, yes. <laughs> leave the lion locked in the cage. I like that. Uh, what was the question? Why is it good to wait? <clears throat> Why is it good to wait? That was, uh, we're still on that question. Yes, I was uh, just about I, to bring that back up. I'm glad you jumped in and did that for us. I was going to say, I thought we moved on a long time ago, but it's good no. to go back. Let's <laughs> do it. If you're ready to finally talk, how do you woke up? You yeah. know, right? Right. Stop. Right. Yeah, okay. you know. All right. And the plus. <laughs> I said that I was going to put the shot collar on it. <laughs> anyway, so, so Jeremy, since you brought it up, why is it good to wait? Why should you wait? I wanted so bad in the relationship to be trusted, yet I couldn't trust myself. And I wanted everybody just to be like, oh, hey, Jeremy's back. He's good. He's been sober for 30, 60, 90 days, whatever it is. And... Yet at that time, I still didn't trust myself. So I struggled with that. And I, I believe that the most important relationship that we have is the one with God. And until I can get that relationship right, or as right as I can get it, I can't have another relationship with anybody else. So. Good point. It's a very good point. And, and just to add a little context, you're talking about you were married at the time, right? Yeah. Because we were talking about like single people. Right. But if you're married, as we're jumping into that part of it, it's that's a whole different dynamic. What's crazy is I was thinking about all the relationships I had before the one I had now. And I was struggling through my addiction all those years, just never admitting it. And I look back on those relationships now and I'm like, wow, I... I wouldn't have been with me, you know, and I was, I was trying to feed, and I think this is another reason you should wait, is I was trying to, f them to fix me, you know, or I could fix them, and that's what the purpose of my relationship was. Does that codependency? A little bit. Just a little bit. A little bit. <laughs> I think waiting also, waiting, waiting so waiting. Uh oh, we cracked up. Watch out. Waiting. And that, like, you know, being sober, as Pastor has shared many times, being sober is 5 to 10% of your recovery. Mm -hmm. And I share that a lot with individuals. Just because you've been sober for a year does not mean you should be ready to be dating because you still haven't worked on you. Right. But what if you're already married? Oh, well, you know what? What did you do? I stayed away for 98 days. <laughs> Didn't want to come back home. <laughs> but when you but came you, back home. But were you ready to come back home? Yeah. After, after 28 days of treatment, were you really ready? No. And that's, that's the whole thing is... 28 you, days just isn't enough. 28 days, you barely know your own name yet. Yeah. And, and so our insurance companies say 28 days is good. That's what we're going to approve. Half the time, not even 30 anymore. Mm -hmm. 
half the time it's not even 21 days anymore right it's crazy yeah you'll get somebody approved two weeks or mm. just five day detox yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they're back out all ready to go date <laughs> and, uh, but the problem is is nobody's ready nobody's ready to be released after 30 days so if you have like we got a friend that just went through 30 days of treatment then he's in 28 days of php and when he gets done with that he's going to come back here and for those who don't know what is PHP? Partial hospitalization Partial program. program. Yeah. <laughs> P. I guess if you want to put the P on there, if they didn't figure that part out, sorry. Yeah. Um, so he went from inpatient to, to PHP. He'll come here uh, to a, a sober living, but they have a lot of programming at it. I don't know whose it is. It might be mine on the couch. I'll find out. Mm-hmm. Um, but they have a lot of good programming. So they'll have more therapy, a lot of IOP, intensive outpatient programming, mm-hmm. that go on there. Um, and so he'll go to that one for the next probably 60 to 90 days. He'll be there. Okay. So he'll have minimum 120 days under his belt before he goes back home. And so when we're in treatment, we're, we have, I mean, we're, we're in a controlled environment, very controlled PHP, he has a little bit more freedom, but not too much. Then IOP, you get a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And so by the time he gets home, he's going to actually be ready to make that leap back into life. I wish everybody would do it that way. You stayed gone for 98 days. Mm-hmm. What a blessing. Mm-hmm. It was good for your wife. Mm-hmm. It was good for you. Mm-hmm. My wife thought I was fishing and petting horses the whole time, but I was doing a little bit more than that. But you were doing that. Yeah, I was doing that, yes. I, that was my time. And, and what I had to remember, important part of relationships, what I had to remember when I came back was I had 98 days to work on me while she was here with the kids working 29 out of 30 days in a month right. trying to keep herself busy. So she never had that 98 days to work on herself. Mm-hmm. So when, we, when I came back home... It was important for us to sit down, and we went to 12 hours of therapy that first week. I got out on a Tuesday and literally 12 hours of therapy by Friday. And and that was just us, not including what I was doing by myself. And because she needed that time away, and I needed to understand what she's been through for the last 98 days. Yep. And she needed to let all that stuff out, yeah. and that was really important. That is important. Yeah, because they get resentful that you've already been selfish. Now you're staying gone longer and you're being even more selfish. Yeah. Yeah. But that's a selfless selfish. Right. Because I'm improving me to be a better me, which everybody gets to reap the benefits of. Right. Right. So my question is this. The shame and guilt level from a single person to a married individual, how big is that difference, do you feel? I mean, how did the shame? How did the shame and guilt affect you, a married man? Like you just said, you were ninety-eight days away from the house while your wife was here busting her butt. Mm-hmm. You know, how did that? Ma- I mean, how did that make you feel? I can't say on here exactly what she called me when she dropped me off. I can't even tell you what she told me the first time I called her on the phone because it's not appropriate. But um, a lot of four-letter words. I'm thinking. But well, it was just a few. Three, four, six. <laughs> it didn't she invented she's a couple. Fire truck. <laughs> um, I'm sorry. What did you ask me? The shame and guilt. Factor, shame and guilt. Yes. Because you were married. I man. did not feel a lot of shame and guilt. I no. didn't. And 
And that was because I was being 100% selfish in me because I'd been through treatment multiple times before and listening to everybody else, I knew I had to just focus on me. I couldn't worry about her working 29 out of the 30 days. I couldn't. I I had to take that time and focus on, on me, my defects, and my relationship with God. And then I would deal with us when I got back. But I couldn't, you know, Shane says it all the time, if I don't put God in recovery at number one, everything else is just going to fall apart. Yep. And he always uses the the first time he and I met, he used the thing where it's like when one person in a relationship begins to heal and gets closer to God, the other person has a choice to make. They can either choose to stay sick and down here, right, as you go closer to God, closer to God or they're going to begin to heal with you. And as you guys heal together closer to God, you guys become closer. Mm-hmm. Is it something you, you become one? You yes. become one, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, the three-legged stool, they say it all the time in church. Well, the triangle. The triangle. Yeah, the triangle, yeah. yeah. Three-legged stool is something else, but yes. Oh, it's not that. Well, the meat and potatoes over. Yeah. yeah. Well, I like the triangle thing. It's almost like the mountain climb, right? You start on one side, wipe on the other. As you work towards the summit, which is God, you guys come closer and closer and closer. It's pretty. You said that, and all I could think of is the mountain climbing game in Prices <laughs> Right. Prices Right. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> Nice. Okay. But that's the whole thing. I mean, for single people, we're, we're chasing something. For a married person... That's why it's important for them to get help. Mm, While, I mean, I know she worked her tail off while you were away, um, but we still have to make time for ourselves. Even in her position, she would still have to make time for herself. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's it's important. But did she ever, what did she do for herself? Or when did that start? So before I went into treatment, she was already working an Al-Anon program. And... And, and, and her, she was continuing to work on her faith. But she, she maintained that relationship and was, was a constant at her, her meeting and working with her sponsor and doing what she needed to do as best as she could at that time, you know. But she did work something. Oh, yes. Hey, yeah. time out. Let's shut off again. Something's up with this camera. Reach over and hit the button. Oh, Hold wait. on. Oh, oh. He's got the it's got a remote, folks. Yes, I got a remote. That's nifty. Got to get a little closer with the remote, unfortunately. Huh? <laughs> well, Here, go let, ahead. Let me try. It's probably infrared. What button is it? Come on. Hold on. Because you got to turn it on. There you go. It's still not recording. It's not recording. Sorry, folks. A little technical difficulty here. Dude, that's your camera. I don't know nothing about this stuff, man. I'm just going to be honest. I'm not a camera guy. In fact, yeah, my phone charging. has one. It was just by chance. <laughs> 7,000 photos on my phone, and I'm telling no, you, 5,000 were downloaded off the freaking computer. <laughs> because it should record for two and a half hours before it ever shuts off. But I'll have to it's go to the menu and find out. There's probably, yeah, there's probably a setting that we need to set it at. Yeah. That's just going to be another thing that we work towards here, guys. All right, let's uh, <laughs> Go ahead. take take two seconds. And? Okay. So that we can right. keep talking about yeah. Jeremy and, and his love life. <laughs> yeah, does anybody else have a relationship here? <laughs> well, me and my wife went to um, a program in the same place. 
though we worked separately, we went to the same place and did it because it offered multiple groups for us to join and, and discuss this kind of thing. So, right. What was the name of that place? Celebrate, Celebrate Recovery. <laughs> yeah, I think you could say that name. Can I say that name? Is that legit? we said Al Anon Nar Nar? Are they going to sponsor us? Coda. Yeah, they're going yeah, to sponsor. They sponsor. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yeah, they're, they're sponsoring you. Wow. Because they got you where, to where you are. <laughs> that God is true. Celebrate Recovery got you to where you are. So they did more than sponsored you. They Speaking gave you the new of life. sponsors, what about that That's about true. a relationship and recovery? Your relationship with your sponsor? Ooh. That's on the list. Oh, is it on the list? Oh, yeah. It is. It's all on there. There were some, when you talked about earlier, Shane, about being away 98 days and then we talked a little bit about detoxes and 28 days house not not enough there's some really telling statistics out there for those who go to rehab if you do a five to seven day detox you have less than a four percent chance of long-term sobriety if you do 30 days in a treatment center you have less than a 10 percent chance of long-term sobriety if you do 90 days plus in a treatment center or treatment versus and with meetings and sponsorship for 90 days, your chances go up to almost 50-50. Wow. So That's that is why I push so hard with my clients. Just if you're going to do something different, you have to do everything different. So stay as long as possible. You know, life will be your wife will be waiting for you when you get out. Your, your relationships, your job, all that will be there for you. But you got to take this time to focus on you. Question on relationships, though. Do you repair or do you rebuild? Yes. Yes, what? You get what well, I'm saying? They go hand in hand. Do they, though? Yeah. Because I've seen some houses that have been repaired from like a fire and that that still look like garbage and probably won't hold up that much longer in life as it is, as opposed to somebody that would just tear that house down and rebuild it and make it stronger and more solid. But you still got to repair some of the things because the damage that we've caused, yeah, you can't just tear down. So that's where that repair piece would come in. Yes, Mr. Gorbachev, you must tear down that wall. But what? Think of it this way: you you repair something, but as you're repairing it, you're also rebuilding it. I mean, they're they're not mutually exclusive words. They do. They kind of go hand in hand. In the recovery world, yes, I see what he's where he was trying to go with the house. Well, but even the house, you you repair it and you rebuild it. Now, if it doesn't look great, that's because you probably did it. They they contracted uh, you. Really? And, yeah. I don't know. I maybe I not. Your mom was bored. That board that came up missing. That's what he screwed down. <laughs> oh, that's not nice. Let's leave. Let's leave Mama out of this. I forgot, yeah. Somebody came in and redid it. But they did the steps coming yeah, out. Yeah, they didn't do the deck. So they didn't do the deck part up top. Yeah, okay. But yeah. yeah, I mean, we have to rebuild stuff, but we have to repair those relationships. Oh. Um, Let's put it this way. You have to repair it before you rebuild it? Yes. Mm-hmm. But you have to repair yourself. Yeah. And that's that's that part of being selfish, mm-hmm. you know, because we have to repair ourselves. Otherwise, nobody's ever going to believe that we're, we're better. We've already told them how many times that we're going to get better. We've already told them how many times that we're going to quit doing the same things over and over and over. And we I'll still stop have tomorrow. It. It'll be fine. You know, and so we know that it's not sustainable unless it becomes about us. 
And so when we finally dive in and start working on this, at the same time, they don't like it. They're, they're mad that we're taking even more time for ourselves while they're at home with the kids and tending to whatever it is that they have to do since we're gone and fishing and petting horses only. <laughs> Could have threw some disc golf in there or something. Yeah. They Long do one. now. They do now. <laughs> I think they got two baskets. They do with a third going up and the okay. possibility of getting three more. How many do you really need? Nine. Well, you need 18, but right. but you can get away with nine. Because you, you, you do nine from the shorts, and they come back around and do it nine from the long. It's 18, <laughs> either way you look at it. <laughs> so what's one of the biggest reasons people get in relationships right away? Lonely. Lonely. Fear of being alone. Fear of being alone. That fear of I'm stuck in my own head with my own thoughts. It is a dangerous place. And I have some uh, frustrations that I need to get out. Maybe also all they've ever known was being in a relationship because they, you know, mama's boys or, you know, daddy's girls, whatever, got to have somebody close to them to protect them, the safety that you had spoken about. And that I know a lot of addicts, we got to have that codependent person with us at all times, just in case we really ready to snap off and do something wrong. Somebody's there to let us, allow us to do it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so you, you want the person that's going to push you into it rather than hold you back? No, I don't now, but at the time of my addiction, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So here's the thing. We know people aren't going to stay away from relationships. We know we have to come home to our spouse. So what does a healthy relationship look like? Number one, boundaries. Boundaries. And 1A, consequences for breaking those boundaries. Well, it's, it's only a suggestion that there's no consequences to it. Right. Because, I mean... it's seen it, that how many times? Yeah. Why he, they broke my boundary? What was yeah. your boundary? What was your consequence? Well, I didn't have a consequence. Well, then it was only a suggestion, mm-hmm. because I'd break it every time if there's no consequence. Watch out, guys! Jeremy crossed his arms. Oh. <laughs> Is that right. his, his thinking pose? That's my thinking. <laughs> Sorry. I think it's important to say healthy consequences for the boundary. Well, and healthy boundaries too. Healthy boundaries, yeah, healthy, healthy consequences. All the way yeah. Around, yeah, because but I, what, I had what does a, that look like? I had a negative, I had a negative <clears throat> boundary put on me, mm-hmm. and it it didn't mean anything. Like it wasn't going to keep me from drinking, you know. It didn't keep me from from doing what I was going to do, and in turn, it hurt somebody else who had nothing else to do with it. Does gotcha. that make sense? So they put a consequence on me that this person wouldn't be able to do this anymore if I drank again. And so that person suffered for something I did. Yeah, that's not a boundary anyway. Well, what is that yeah, then? So, so a boundary protects me. That's a manipulation. If, 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 we, right? put, if we put yeah. a boundary around our house, it protects our house and the things in it. So when a person puts a boundary in place with another person, it's to protect me. It's not to get you to stop doing anything. Either you're going to live right or you're not going to be around me. So the boundary protects me. So, But how many people know that? 
That's why we teach. That's yes. <laughs> why we're here to teach. <laughs> yeah, exactly. that's, that's why we teach. And there's a great book. Uh, Henry Cloud and John Townsend wrote a book, mm-hmm. Boundaries, and they got boundaries and marriage boundaries. What's the title everything. of that book? Boundaries. Oh, okay. Boundaries is the name of the book. Just get the book, Boundaries. Um, it's amazing. They teach you. Uh, because if we could just have a, a podcast on creating boundaries, it, it's easy. I mean, the, the punishment must fit the crime. It has to be enforceable. Otherwise, it's not a boundary, right? So if my boundary is this and I have a consequence, but if my kid spills a glass of milk and the consequence is you're grounded for three weeks, does yeah. the punishment fit the crime and is it really enforceable? Hmm. Am I going to keep them grounded for three weeks for spilling a glass of milk? No, I'm not. I may be angry and emotional at the moment, but I have to take those things out. So when I write these boundaries, I have to think of if you break this boundary, what, how does the consequence fit the crime, right? And so that's what the consequence has to be. It has to fit the crime. It has to be enforceable. So if I tell you that if you do this, then here's the consequence to it. I can't go to the extreme. I, I like to treat things like baseball. One, two, three strikes, you're out, right? And so... We have an easy consequence, but it, it, it's still hard for me to do because I've never enforced a consequence before. And then the next time it gets a little bit harder and the third time it, it, it's really tough. But I know I have to do it in order to inflict change because mm-hmm. you will change from it or you just won't be around me. And so it's, it's to protect me. And that's what makes it a boundary. I would say number one, though, for relationships, a healthy relationship is built on God. You know, so we have to do life together and it has to be built on God. If you're not a believer, then then find whatever that is on your spirituality side of things and build it on, on something greater than yourself because you will fail the other person. God will not fail us, but you will fail the other person. I will fail my wife time and time again. But a relationship built on God will last. It will endure. At least that's what we say in weddings. <laughs> what else, what else does a healthy relationship look like? I like boundaries. A joyous house. Joyous spouse, joyous house. Is that how that works? <laughs> what? A joyous house. Jo- See, don't make me mess up, dude. Totally oh, looked at me like that. I the joyous spouse that brings a joyous house. Did you just make that up? It sounds I, like it. No, because actually, I've had the happy house, happy spouse thing. I've heard plenty of times before. Never heard of happy wife. It's always happy wife. No, see, no, in my house, it's happy spouse, happy house. Happy wife, happy life. That no. sounds like some kind of lo- woke. BS right there. It's not. It's not. And that's how we conduct Oak. ourselves. I don't. It's. But <laughs> since I don't go so much with happiness, because happiness is just a, like a wasted emotion at times, a joyous spouse brings a joyous house. As long as me and her are bringing joy together in our house, we have a good household and it, it keeps our relationship together. That's interesting. It works. It works it for me. It works for me. I don't know what works for you there guys, you but that works for me. There you go. <laughs> so what else then? A joyous house brings a joyous spouse. 
No, a joyous spouse brings a joyous house. Sure. Yeah, whatever. Either way. Joyous. <laughs> joyous. Joy. Let's just be joy together. Yes. Don't bring joy in. Let's not. She can stay outside. Yes. yes. <laughs> well, this is, I mean, think about it. I could be unhappy one day just because well, I got to go to work and don't want to go. But as long as I still have the joy, especially the joy of the Lord in my life, and she's got it with me, then, you know, I can have a bad day. and She's okay with it because it goes away because of the joy. Okay. If that's what you say, then that's Are you having issues over there, sir? I didn't like those oh. as much as these. These fit my big head better. Aren't they the same thing? No. Oh. No, not even close. No, I, these, I'm sorry. I can't these stretch out a little bit more because I got the big. Swanky's just going to go oh, you got the into the other room. Right. Have you ever seen that, you guys that video game wonk? <laughs> we want to hear you talk, sir. No. We've waited for this. No. <laughs> <laughs> so what else makes so, a healthy relationship? Well, what are you getting at? Because you, you've asked that question three times now, and I feel like well, we're no, not no, answering no. It, That's question. the whole thing is what is there's, the there's more than joyous, and there's more than boundaries, more than God. Yeah. Communication. The, the whole thing is, is we have to tee or let them know what builds a, a healthy relationship. Communication. Yes. Most of us suck at it. Yes. No. No, not us. Yes, We're on a podcast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And look, people can't even answer the question, so we start the communication. Yeah, right. Let's let's talk about certain text messages that are sent. <laughs> Wait, no, no, I meant to say this. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, that's why iPhone came out with the edit button. <laughs> you edit your text. <laughs> Healthy oh, relationships man. to me, communication, conflict resolution. Yes, Ooh, conflict. That's a, that's so conflict resolution, that's that's huge. Yeah, how many people here know how to really resolve conflict without well, fighting? Go back to that without truly fighting. Yeah. You know. Without without truly fighting? Yeah, I mean. Yeah. It you have to work at it though. Just like anything yes. else, you, it's not going to it's not something that's just going to happen. You have to work in it and you also have to have a conversation early in your relationship where you talk about these things up front. Okay, if we ever get into an argument, if I do this, either, you know, whatever you want that person, like if, if I leave, I don't want you to follow me. You know what I mean? So, so you have to give them... up front. Yes, yes. So, um, spoken expectations... Spoken expectations. Because what happens to unspoken expectations? Nobody knows what they are. They become they become premeditated resentments. Right. Well, unspoken expectations are. Yeah, but even spoken expectations can be. But at least they're spoken. Yeah. One of the things in my house is with me and my wife is where if we get in an argument and it's getting out of hand, one of us will just tell the other one to walk. And that's just an automatic set that one of us has to leave the house and go for a walk. That's pretty Come good. back 10, 15 minutes later, and we cooled off 30 minutes, 40 to an hour sometimes. Depends on how I'm feeling. I'm just saying, come back, and we're able to actually sit sit down and talk with each other about what we were just arguing about gotcha. without getting back into an argument a lot of times. 99.6% of the time, anyways. So I got very lucky in the early years of my relationship with my wife. Because every time we would have some kind of argument, one of us would say something just stupid. 
just stupendously stupid. Mm-hmm. And we would look at each other and be like, what was that? Mm-hmm. What just happened? And then we'd have a good chuckle and then we'd have a minute to say, okay, what's really going on here? So we have a safe word. Pineapple juice? Pineapple juice. Mm. After watching that video, it's got to be the safe word. (laughs) (laughs) And if you don't know what it is, it's YouTube safe word pineapple juice. And I promise you. You will not be disappointed. You won't be disappointed. And you can use that safe word when you go to argue. And it creates laughter. And then you could go and you could even go to your separate corners, process for a minute, and do what you need to do and come back together and have that conversation. And you will just have a conversation. Yep. Um, so, yeah, communication, conflict resolution, God, recovery, both need to be in it. Yep. If one's in it, they both need to be in it. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people, you know, obviously you guys knew that outside help was going to be needed, mm-hmm. right? But I think a lot of people don't buy into that. You know, why, why do I need counseling? That's why a do, form of weakness. Why do we need counseling? Yeah, that's, that's weakness. Is it really? Or is it building a better you? Well, hopefully it's building a better you. Um, and you could even start small. Christine and I started using with couples and even individuals a thing called Thanos. And it is a great check-in, and it teaches you how to speak expectations. It teaches you how to just communicate with your spouse really well. Because you have to talk about your feelings, um, appreciation. I can't talk about my feelings. They're they're my feelings. But the problem is, is most people can't. So even in the Thanos, in the the directions for it, it tells you to get a feeling wheel. So that way you could actually speak of your feelings. Yes. Don't tell me your emotions. Tell me your feelings. You know... I have plenty of feeling wheels at home. So as soon as we tell them to do the panels, I just hand them a feeling wheel. I'm like, all in go. beautiful colors. Yes. Oh, yeah. I, I have it all. And, <laughs> but it's speaking your feelings, appreciations. So you have to, to say something you really appreciate them for. Your needs. And that's one thing that we're all pretty horrible at communicating is what we really need. Yep. So then we have our feelings, our appreciations, our needs. Um, ownership. ownership. What do I need to take ownership of? And then the last one is really what's going on in your recovery or struggles, struggles, sobriety. Yeah, yeah, sobriety. So well, it's the thing I love about it is is the other my my partner, my spouse can't say anything, so I get to read it to her, and then she can't respond or anything for twenty four hours. Oh wow! Yes. So, and I have to do the same thing. So it's we say our piece, and then that's it. And if I want to respond to that, I have 24 hours till tomorrow at 9.30 at night, I have to respond to her. Nice. Okay. So it teaches us to listen and not take everything personal. So we're listening to actually understand and care. Mm-hmm. We're not listening to speak. So we're not listening to react. Yeah. And so if you still think about it the next day, then you say something. You could ask for clarification, but otherwise, nope. This is about that person. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a really neat tool. How has it helped? It. I think it all goes back to. It teaches us. You're right to. Oh, I said right. Damn it. 
Dang it. Sorry. Jeez, oh, Pete. <laughs> Where's the beat button? It teaches us, like you just said, to listen and not speak. Because when we argue or in conflict resolution, when we start to argue, I used to already be coming up with my answer and trying to fix a problem. And I wanted to be, I needed to be right. And now and it's it's taking time and I, we still work on it. But I look at it as what are we actually arguing about and how can we fix it together? Instead of it's me against her, yeah, it's us together. So what is it, like you always say, what is it that's hurting you? You where's know, the pain? Where's the fear? Where's the pain? Where's the fear? Yeah. Because a lot of times we respond in anger. Yeah. It's and pain, it's the fear. one thing that we need to really remember is that the argument is not a win or lose. It's a compromise. But we don't realize that. In early well, sobriety. No, no people mean, want that yeah, either. I mean, yeah. Most people, they just want to win the argument. Right. Whether you're in, in recovery or not. Mm -hmm. Or if you're sober or not, you just want to win that argument. Mm -hmm. Nine times out of ten, that's what's happening. Well, here, I'll ask you the question I ask everybody that sits down in my office. Uh, what's the purpose of a fight? To win. Oh. To hurt the other one more than I, I'm hurting to win. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's the only way that you could win is to hurt them more than you were hurting. Yeah. So, yeah, not nine times out of ten. That's just how we fight. Right. We fight to win. Hurt people, hurt people. Yeah. I mean, it's it's the dumbest saying, but it's true. Yeah. I mean, it really is. It's one of the and worst so the pain and the fear yeah. in me, now I'm justified to hurt you. Mm -hmm. Only God can make things right. Only God can justify, but we feel that we can justify whatever's going on. And so if we will just take the time and look past that pain and our fear, set our side, our pride, our ego and take time to look at the other person and say, hey, what's going on inside of them? And make it about them instead of us. Things change. They change. All right. So yeah. what, what kind of uh, closing thoughts do we all have? Are we coming up on that? Yeah. Yes, we are. So one of my closing thoughts on this is before anything in your recovery, in a relationship, your relationship with God is the top relationship in the beginning of your recovery. Because without it, Without him, things just doesn't seem to work out properly. And I found that out over the years of my in and out of recoveries that it wasn't until God was part of my recovery that I've gotten and stayed sober as long as I have now. Mm -hmm. so, nice. God, first relationship. All right, then I'll, I'll, I'll give point number two. Learn how to create and hold healthy boundaries with healthy consequences. I like it. Mm-hmm. Schwanky? Oh my gosh. <laughs> He's got his phone. He's got a phone. Watch out. Well, I left my Bible out in my office. Oh. John 13, 34, new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. Nice. Love it. Amen. So look, there's lots of resources out there that will help you with your relationship with God, with yourself, and with others. Counseling, Al-Anon, CODA, AANA, Duofanos, getting involved in a in a group. They have plenty of marriage groups out there, Prepare and Enrich, um, you name it. 
But one thing is date who you're going to date. Date them. Weekly, date them. No Don't, matter you've been married 25 married. years. Yes. 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 Date your wife. Date your, your boyfriend, your girlfriend. You have to treat them right. If we can't keep you out of a relationship, I'd rather teach you how to build a strong, healthy relationship. And that starts with dating them and dating them properly. And take a love languages quiz. Yes. Just going to yes. say. Yes. Love languages is an amazing tool to help you realize what's going to fill your partner up. Yep. Especially and, when your partner knows what you need and yes. then you know what they need. Yeah, watch it now. It's it's amazing what God will do in that relationship when, when we're given from the abundance. Because, you know, people always say you can't pour from an empty cup, but you don't pour from the abundance anyway because it's overflowing so much. You don't even need to move your cup. It's just spilling everything and spilling everywhere. And so we just give from the abundance. It's just, it's going and. And so it's important if, if we know what fills the other people up, we're being filled, they're being filled, we're changing this world one relationship at a time. Amen. Amen. Amen to that. All right. So we want to thank you all for joining us this evening. And that, would you get a, I just said in that again. Thank you all for joining us. And for those of y'all watching us on YouTube, like, comment, share, let your friends know. If you have any questions, you can reach us at awakeandsoberpodcast at gmail.com. That is a wake and sober podcast at gmail.com. Send your questions and maybe one of these podcasts will just be all your guys' questions. Thank you for your time and have a wonderful and blessed day. God bless. Godspeed.